Hello everyone and welcome back to the Godlood podcast. Um I remain your host Michael David and it has been a while. It has been a while for recording. I'm not sure it will be a while. Um today an interesting episode. Um I know people asked for more gospel episodes and people were like, "Oh, I'm so sure that you know you talk too much about God and stuff like this." But as I've told you guys, the origin for those that just joining or for the series is because at some point in podcasting, I just felt like they had to be something that reflected God in my life, like in what I'm doing. So I was just like, you know what? Since I have a platform, let me also talk about how good God is. So on this episode, you guys know I always try my best to get you the best guests and this episode i can guarantee you is a banger because this episode i have my very own past um so um, firstly before like i introduce him in, um i've known him for like, a long while and he's someone that at a lot of times when i've been confused i've gone to meet him and we have like talked about it and he has really shed a lot of light into things i'm doing and and most times i've even seen him preach and he has passed through a lot of the things we have done so he always knows how to render solutions and all from the world so on this episode of the Galut podcast we have pastor femi yakubu good evening sir it's nice good evening mr david i'm honored and privileged to be on on the show Thank you for the privilege. I think we should just jump right into the show. So, firstly, the show is about, it's just about, we really want to talk about God in the show and talk about things that people are probably scared to talk about or people don't just talk about. Previous episodes before this, there was an episode where I interviewed a student in Unilag and we talked about how being a student and as a Christian, how she has been able to manage it, especially in a place like Unilag, where like a lot of activities are going and distractions. So on this episode, I have a lot of questions. I don't have like a specific, but I have a lot of questions for you. So I hope you, are, I hope you are prepared for this episode. Well, um, the Lord will help us, and the Holy Spirit will guide our thoughts, and I believe we make the episode an impactful one to all our listeners. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, sir, I wanted you to tell the audience like a bit of your early life. Like, probably that was like before you met Christ. How was it? Okay. okay. I was raised and brought up by God fearing parents who God used to instill the fear of God in us. I came from a family of uh, six. That means I have four siblings, and we are all boys. My dad, uh, my parents were formerly Muslims. In the year that I was born, that was 1976, my dad had an encounter whereby he gave his life to Christ. And uh, we actually came from a, a, a Muslim, it's very, staunch Muslim family so it was tough for him to you know to 
proclaimed Christ. As a matter of fact, I was persecuted for this. And uh, on three occasions, they tried to kill him. But because of God's purpose for his life, on three occasions, he escaped. Uh, now, my mom, when my father gave his life to Christ, my mom actually, you know, left him because my mom also happens to be the daughter of an imam and uh, you know fresh she left she felt no and in our turn there they call christian creo creo <laughs> so she left something amazing happened after like three months after that my mom you know left my dad because he became a christian news got to her that my dad has practically changed from who he was you know you know the bible says if anybody is in christ jesus he's a new creature all things uh, all things have passed away and everything has become new so when my mom had that news that oh yakubu is now a changed person you know, she she wouldn't believe she felt ah. so and i think uh, uh the grace of god also the bible says the grace of god has appeared to all men the grace of god that brings salvation to all men. the grace of god i want to say about you so something to that whatever if yakubu became a christian that's her husband now and he has changed practically changed from a terrible person now people now talk about then my mom said then there's more be something in this christianity so she is her father's or her parents wish she returned to my dad and she started following my dad to church and not quite long she also gave her life to christ so that was the year 1976. Uh, so uh because of their you know their encounter with christ so we were actually so my early life now I was raised as a church boy you know we go to church do family devotion we were taught to read the bible and then we were baptist in baptist you know baptists have every they have uh, different groups for different ages from some being that's what like a toddler and uh, kids to RA to G, you know, things like that. So, uh, but that's not what made me a Christian, actually. But what I could say that uh, my early days, you know, primary school, secondary school, I was morally good. You know, uh, to the glory of God, I didn't do some bad stuff, so to say, because of the way we were brought up. I remember one incident that happened. Uh, there is a this classmate of ours. I wouldn't want to mention his name now. <laughs> the father bought, uh, you know, it was the days of uh, video cassettes, JVC. So the father bought a new machine, video player. So some of us, his friends, who who, who sneaked out of the school. I attended the school. We sneak out of the school. Then we went, we go to his house. 
his parents will have gone to work. They will be watching Chinese movies, Indian movies, things like that. So the first day I went with them. The second day I went with them. The third day, I could not continue. Something was just telling me, what if they caught us? What of if, what of if, how would my parents feel? So I stopped following them. So that was my early days. Then, uh, so I was, I was, I was, uh, how to put it now? I was uh, morally brought up. But like I said, that was not what made me a Christian until I met Jesus and gave my life to Christ. Just like before I ask, um, I was I used to tell people about like the fact that I feel like what we all used to practice the whole Christianity and all is not really what like to me what I feel was like it was not really I don't really think it is really completely in the sense where in the sense where since like I was born into a Christian home so like I've been going to church like all my life I've Wednesday service, Sunday, Saturday, midweek service, and house fellowship and all. And I can say, like, of a fact that it was not until last year before I really, really became interested in, like, having a relationship with God. And funny thing is, at that point, things began to change. And things, I would, like, I, I, I began to see, like, instant instant like miracles and it was not because i was looking for miracles it was because i just felt like i think started with sermons i started listening to one or two sermons and before you know i just came in just and started listening and before you know i just wanted to do like things that if i just see something and things i would normally do, I would just be like you know ah, this thing would not really what is even really the use of doing this this is just like a waste of do you get what i'm saying so um all those things to me now like having that having that relationship has like has like ushered me into like a new realm of like how i perceive a lot of things i would not judge someone because i believe we are all like serving god and there's just a lot of things that have, that have changed about me and i began to ask that so why is it that all this while i've been going to judge i know the bible although it is just as if nothing I was just a Christian by name, if I would put it like that. I was just a Christian by name. I was just going here, this and this. But at some point, it now had to be, it now had to be me wanting to know God, and I could obviously see the difference. So that's why I want to also know: at what point did you, for you that also in Christian family, at what point did you get to know that ah, this thing I'm doing is not really the thing. I am not really fully committed to this, and I want to be committed. Okay, uh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, uh, just like I said earlier, having the privilege of being raised by uh, godly parents, Christian parents, has nothing to do with your uh, having Jesus in your life. It's just that it's 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 uh, it helps. You know, Jesus met a man. And uh, he asked Jesus some question, and after uh, Jesus threw a question to him, and he answered very well. Then Jesus said, "Oh, 
guy you are not far from the kingdom of god okay so uh so somebody can be a church goer somebody can be morally brought up fine somebody may know the word of god you know bible knowledge which we call head knowledge and may not have a personal relationship with god might not have consciously invited jesus into his own life so this is my own experience i can't remember the year now when i was in secondary school i left my hometown that's eden in Oshu street for ibadan uh to be precise adabeji adabeji is a like a small town uh at a more plantation as i i it a more plantation ibadan if you are familiar if you are going towards a uh, apata you know, that's where we have a uh, more plantation it used to be a, like a satellite school of uh, oa where they deal with uh, they do agricultural research okay so now to cut it so i went to spend the holiday with my aunt that was my first time that i would be leaving my parents for a long distance like that so when i got to ibado i met some guys i can still remember some of their names Kunle, Muiwa, uh, those are the two I can remember now. So I met them and, uh, you know, they introduced me to some, some things. <laughs> One of them was that there is a girl called Ayi. Uh, Ayi has a sister that is uh, Muiwa's girlfriend. Muiwa and Kunle are siblings. Muiwa is older. So Kunle is not like, like my age mate. Why Muiwa is older than her. So, so Muiwa's girlfriend has so has a junior sister whose name is Ai. So they came to greet Muiwa, you know, and from there I had a crush on the girl. I liked the girl. So after they left, who oh, is that girl? I like her. I just said it innocently. And Muiwa took it up. Ah, no, she's my this and this and so they are they, they were trying to arrange how I'm going to meet her, toast her, then she become my girlfriend. In fact, Muiwa had gone to talk to her that this person, I wanted to I wanted to meet this person like that. But see what happened. Prior to that time, the arrangement was that I'm going to meet her on a Monday. We had this discussion on Saturday. The arrangement is that I think they, they won't be around over the weekends. That's the I and her sister now. They'll be back on Sunday night so that on Monday morning I will meet her in the night when I will toast the game. So on Sunday I went to church at that Beji Baptist Church. First first Baptist church at that Beji. Went to church and uh, you know, I went to spend the holiday with my aunt. That was like my second Sunday or first Sunday in that church. So what happened? We had Sunday school. And for my age group then, but we normally would be in different age group. For my age group then, as a teenager, our Sunday school teacher, I still remember her name. Her name is Sister Wura. So Sister Wura came 
to the club that day and said we're going to have a project what's the project she said we're well, going to read the book of genesis so she encouraged us that every one of us should start reading the book of genesis go and read from chapter one we'll be reading one chapter per day a 50-day project genesis are 50 chapters so monday you know we started our project so i read genesis chapter one that monday and do you know that was the beginning of how my life changed i read genesis chapter one and that was the beginning i started having a kind of relationship with god personal relationship with god so when so i right there i made up my mind that i'm not going to go ahead with arrangement to meet i so when it was time those guys came and called me hey it's time because we have a place that's supposed to meet her i told them no i'm no more interested they said what happened ah, things like that i them, i'm a child of god i'm not you know they mocked me they said get out you are this you are that but i could i just realized i could not proceed with that arrangement and i'm grateful to god for that encounter because during that same week they had a revival in that church then i came out to give my life to christ have seven years to my life it was at that point i believe i became born again so that experience you know was a great encounter for me and uh, which I'm, I'm grateful to god because only goes what would have happened if i've gone ahead to meet her probably i'll become wayward you know a lot of things would have happened probably i'm going to sleep with that girl because i spent like a month it was a long vac in Ibadan then probably i'm going to sleep with that girl and probably i'm going to impregnate her <laughs> probably from there my life will not be the same so god used that uh sister Ura and she was inspired by the spirit of god to encourage our group that we should start reading the bible and the first time that was like the first time i'm going to take the bible and read by myself i read genesis what happened how god spoke to me how god did it i don't i wouldn't but that was a, like a turning point for me uh but after that encounter you know, uh, some other things also happened. I wasn't really too committed until, but that was the, the beginning of my, my 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 change of life for me. Then not until when uh, during my in 1996, it's 1996, I gained admission into Federal Polytechnic at where I studied at Now, prior to that time, you know, I, I gave my life to Christ in the battle. You know, but some other things has also happened. So now, when uh, when I gave admission to Ede, I went to the uni, the school, with this mindset. What was the mindset? The mindset was that, oh, finally, I'm going to be 
uh, in that institution, I will now I will now I'm now free. You know, I'm going with this sense of freedom that I cannot do whatever I like. So I was going with the mindset. It was this was my mindset. I said, I'm going to have a girlfriend. I'm going to have one girlfriend that will not have too many girlfriends. Just one girlfriend. I'm going to have for myself. I I you know I, I was telling myself I will behave in school. I will not live a rough life, but it's time for me to have a girlfriend. <laughs> you know, that was just the mindset. Now, I got to school, uh, did my registration, did, I was trying to, I think I attended the first lecture. And a brother approached me on campus. I can't forget his name. His name is Brother Sonia Ajabi. So he approached me on campus. I think they were on evangelism. So God, you know, directed his path to me. Uh, path cross to he, he spoke, you know, we started talking. From there, I got to know I was a, you know, I was a Baptist. And they said, ah, oh, that is from Baptist Student Fellowship. And that they used to have a fellowship on Tuesday and I think Thursday that if I mind, you would like me to join them for the fellowship. So, I don't know. Before now, I used to think the Baptist Student Fellowship, they are fanatics, you know, I don't even like them, so to say. But when he invited me, I just felt, let me just go and see. Let me go and see how what they do. And it was time for the fellowship. It was an evening time. I think it used to be 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. I attended the fellowship and it was wow. The experience, the worship, the praise, the word. I think it was a Bible study. Everything was just a different experience for me. You know what happened? From that I've not looked back. That was the beginning of my commitment, my life of dedication and commitment to God. So anytime I remember what I just shared, I, I will now I will, I will be laughing at because all the plans I have, the kind of so the kind of life I say I will live on campus, I will have a girlfriend, I will attend the uh, you know, this, I will do this, I will do that, you know, I'm free, nobody to say, don't go there, don't do this, don't do that. All that plan, you not see the light of the day. Because after that encounter, that fellowship, my everything changed. No, no thought of having a girlfriend any longer. I was, I was engrossed with serving the Lord. So from there, I joined the choir, I joined Evangelist Team Union, I joined Prayer Bar, you know, and it was the, the, the beginning of uh, what I would call it my spiritual development. It was the beginning of my uh, the expression of the grace of God upon my life, you know, and 
I want to give God thanks that since then I've not backslided, I've not looked back. I've been on fire for the Lord, moving from uh, glory to glory. So I really want to appreciate God for those two encounters really shaped and uh, I believe helped my early formation. So I gave my life to Christ in the battle and became let me say, became a fire band when in 1996 at uh, Federal Polytechnic Eden, when I was invited to uh, Baptist Student Fellowship of Federal Polytechnic Eden. It was there I caught fire and to the glory of God, the fire is the point. So, sir, my third question. Like I have friends that I talk to, a few of my friends. So every time we talk, when I try to like bring up the topics of like religion and probably prayer and everything, they always find a way to avoid it. And that kind of thing. So and because they are young guys like me. So at some point I was like, I wanted to know. And I asked one one time. And even from my observation, I found out that a few of them are doing very well in life for their age. That's probably financially, academically, career-wise. And when they tell you this thing, they make you see like the main requirement, the things people pray for, somehow, I already have it. But some people will go and go and probably pray for a job. I have a job already. Some people go to church, they pray against people that are following them. Nobody's following me. I have to an extent I'm making money, I'm okay. Okay, why should I now be really serious in religion and be going to church? So I would like you to answer that question. What would you, um, how would you, what would you tell someone that already feels so comfortable in like their in the luxury that they have, uh, especially youths, and ask that why should I why should I not go to God if I already am comfortable? Good question. Now. Let's start like this. The Bible says that what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So my response or my counsel for scripture is that we are not serving God or we are not trying to have relationship with God because of material things. It's not because uh, so that you can get a job, so that you can uh, get money, so that you can be prosperous. Oh, that's not the reason why we need God. That's not the reason why we need to build a relationship with God. That's not the reason why we can need to get close to God. Is beyond that. We need to get build a relationship with God because of the salvation of our soul. Not people say that the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of his possession. Yes, you can get those things without God. In fact, the devil also gives those things. You remember the encounter Jesus had? The devil told him. If you just bow down for me, see all these things in this world, they are in my, in my, I will give it to you. What did Jesus said, 
Jesus said, no, it's been written. She only bowed down to the Lord your God. Are you getting it? So now, so we are not, uh, like the scripture that I quoted, what shall he profit a man against the whole world? Now, it's not possible to even gain the world, but let's not say it's possible to gain the whole world. The Bible says, what shall he profit? What will a man use as exchange for your soul? Now, this is it. Bible says, all have sinned and have come short the glory of God. The Bible also says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is life. Stand life in Christ Jesus. So this is what happened. Man came from God. Man came from God. God created man in his own image. But when man disobeyed God, when man disobeyed God, which is sin, transgression, sin caused a separation between man and God. Now, sin is like uh, like shit. Sin is yamayama. Shit is sin is like shit. You know you don't play with shit. It's not something you can you can rub on your bed. Am I right? So sin is like when you have a child that normally normally when you uh, return from maybe from work or from an outing, your child will come and embrace you. Oh daddy, you know, you embrace your child, you carry your child, you pick your child up embrace each other but let's say on this day you are coming with your maybe white amends and this child has gone to play with shit he has broke shit adult shit maybe all over her body and the child now wants to embrace you like before will you embrace her or will you embrace him you won't embrace the child now the reason we don't, we don't embrace the child is because the child is now what? Dirty. And you don't want her to contaminate you. But does that mean the child is no longer your child? The child is still your child. But it's just that the child is now what? It's not dirty. But I'm very sure you won't leave that child like that. What are you going to do? You get water. You get soap, you clean up for the child. And by the time you clean up the child, what happens? You embrace the child back. But let's assume uh, the child, when you want to clean up the child, the child says, no, 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 don't clean up. Leave the way I am. Just leave me the way I am. And let's assume you want to respect the child's decision. What do you think will go to happen? You will leave the child like that, but you will not embrace the child. You won't embrace the child. Will you? You won't. Now, let's assume that uh, it's getting late the night. You remember the child is still in that mess. And because that child is in that mess, definitely you won't allow him to into your bedroom. You won't allow him or her into your sitting room. 
you allow him to your kitchen because if you allow him or I to your kitchen, you know, it's going to mess with the place. So what are you going to do? If it's getting late in the night, you won't see allow that child. Now, if there is, uh, for instance, your visitor's toilet is outside the home, you know, maybe outside the house, or, or let me say, the, the best you can do for the child is to love the child in your visitor's toilet. Why will you do that? Because if the child messed up that visitor's toilet, you can easily clean clean that up. So what I'm saying, as long as that child refuses or chooses not to allow you to clean him or her up, that child will, will remain like that, and you won't allow her into your to your house, to your bedroom or sitting room. But any time that child comes, say, okay, Dad, I'm here, clean me up. What will you do? You clean the child up embrace the child then you allow her into your chamber so the same way it is with god man sin sin separated man from god but god does not want to leave man in that state and that's why for god so loved the world he gives the world so that whatever believe in you should not perish but have everlasting life so what did god do god sent jesus christ send him to this world who laid down his life and shed his blood. Now, the blood that Jesus Christ shed on the cross is the cleansing agent. Because water cannot cleanse it. Soap cannot clean it. Chemical cannot clean it. The only thing that atones for sin is blood. And the blood of a sinner cannot save another sinner that's the reason why jesus has to come in a unique way because anyone that is born of a man or by a man meeting a woman is already a sinner so for jesus to be not to be a sinner and to be able to save the world through his blood that's why his conception is through the holy spirit through the virgin tree. And that's why Jesus was born as human, but without sin. That's the plan of God. Is there is the reason? It's because so that you will be able to save the world from there. So the blood that Jesus Christ shed on the cross, that blood still speaks to now. That's the blood that cleanses us. From our sin that's the blood that owns our sin so and so when a man accepts jesus christ as his lord and savior what happened the blood of jesus cleanses him and reconnects him back to god see when man sinned when adam our first father sinned something left him the spirit of god left him because the holy spirit the spirit of god cannot dwell in sin so the spirit of god left him so when a man gives his life to christ and the blood of jesus has cleansed him he comes holy he's become clean then at that point the spirit of god 
that left because of sin, because of Yamayama, comes back. And that spirit of God now connects that man back to Christ. That's what the Bible says. If anybody is in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Everything has become new. How? By the spirit of God. So now, so anybody that is saying, and why do I need to go to church? Why do I need to serve God? Why do I need to pray? I already have, uh, it's because the person does not value the salvation. Of, so, do you get what I'm trying to so, so to answer your question, it's not because of not serving God. I don't value my relationship with God because of earthly possession or all these things. This ephemeral thing is primarily for salvation of my soul, whereby and I have a relationship. I was astray now. I'm back to God. I'm connected back to God. That way, I over, I've overcome the power of sin by becoming a new creature. Now I have a relation, and there's no way you will have a relationship. You have Jesus in your life. That you don't have relationships. What are the avenues for relationship with God? Now the Bible made us understand that God is a spirit, and that the worship, those that worship was worship in spirit and in truth. So the avenues for relationship with God is through reading the Bible, his word, spending time with him in prayer. So each time we spend time with God in prayer. We're having a communion, a conversion with God. I know what communication does, that communication connects people. But the bedrock of religion is what communication. So the more we spend time with God, we talk to Him. He talks to us through His Word, then relationship is, is forming. We take time to, to be in His presence, we worship is an avenue to build our relationship with God. Then you take it further. You fast. When you fast, you are dealing with the flesh so that the spirit can be boosted. So what fasting does is that fasting subdues the flesh because our number one enemy is flesh. So when we fast, when we is fasting is denying the flesh. So that the spirit, which is the real thing, can be enhanced, can be boosted. So that way we are empowered to overcome sin, to overcome temptation. Let me also let me also let me also add a twist to that. Eh? Permit me to add a twist to that. Yeah. And I'm going to use the illustration. The illustration is this. Uh, Whatever separates you from your source is going to kill you. How, how do I mean? So this is the illustration. Uh, fish, source of fish or fishes, whatever, is water. So if you want to kill a fish, what do you do? Take it out of water. Separate that fish from its source, which is water. Put that fish on the ground. 
it's a matter of fact time what happened to that fish it's going to die because you have separated it from its source its natural habitat which is water but let's assume that that fish is about to die because it's on the ground if you return that fish back to water what do you think happened to that fish that fish it will revive to come back to get it will get back life if you want to kill it just separate it from from its source now for birds or birds their source is hair the atmosphere if you take a bird from the hair and dip in dip it inside water to that bird that bird will die because you have separated that bird from its natural habitat its source so now whatever separates a man from god because man came from god we are not expected to live our life disconnected from god because that's our source so that's why when sin came into the life of man adam the first man he died and that's why the bible said the wages of sin is death because sin causes separation so when a man is not connected to god he's dead to living and that's why jesus christ came back came to this world so that he can reconnect us back to god so it's like taking a fish on the ground and putting it back into water then we leave it's like taking birds dice accidentally fall into water break it up start finding find it the bed will revive and fly again so if a man is in christ jesus i'm not talking of religion now you can be religious that does not connect you to life of god that's why jesus said i am the way the truth and the life so nobody can come to the father except through me you can't go through god through religion because that does not take away sin. But when you become born again, born of the Spirit, by accepting Jesus as the Lord of Savior, the blood of Jesus, the death and resurrection of Jesus took care of yours, has taken care of your sin. The barrier is removed, the Yamayama is removed. Then you are now reconnected back to your source which is God whereby you now have life so that's why the Bible says God so loved the world I gave us the person that whoever believes should not perish but have everlasting life. what kind of life eternal life God kind of life God kind of life so uh, anybody that I say I can tell you they are only living they are not alive. They are not alive. No roots, no foundation. So what happens when they lose their job? What happens when life situation circumstances happen? You understand now? We have people with great possession, and something happens to them, and they commit suicide, or they, they become depressed. 
and from depression, mental health, and they lost it. But when you are connected to Jesus, the abundance of your life, your, your life is not in the abundance of possession. Brother, you have life. And that's the difference between joy of salvation and happiness. That's the difference between joy and happiness. A lot of people are happy. happy happiness is as a result of happiness. When things happen, you're happy. But joy has nothing to do with happiness. Joy. I would call it joy full of glory. Joy of speaking full of glory. Joy of starvation. It wears from within. You can explain it. It's a result of your connection with God. And I can tell you there's no way you have God, serve God, and you are diligent, and you are uh you follow the you live a life of life of uh, obedience of faith that you will not prosper or have all these things that others are dying for like i rather with this matthew 63 says seek you first the kingdom of god and his righteousness says, all these things shall be added to you so all these things that others are looking for absolutely when you seek god when you make your life you live a life of god first god first and you prioritize his kingdom then all these things it doesn't mean that because you live a life that you should be lazy it doesn't because uh some people also miss it you know they believe oh once i pray ah things will work no prayer does not replace hard work prayer does not replace the place of diligence prayer or serving or going to church does not replace religion the foundation should be what that you have God, you have Jesus in your life. You are connected back to God. And there's no way you are connected to God that you won't serve. Because you can't you can't separate yourself from God. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Um, to the fourth question I would ask before we begin to round up. I want to let me give an illustration I'll be able to explain this question. Mr. A gets born again, goes to the church. He gets filled with the Holy Spirit and all and everything. And although Mr. A works in an accounting firm, accounting firm is not a Christian accounting firm, so different kind of people will be there. Style is in an estate where there are different kind of people from different religion and different perspectives. This is just an example of what happens in an everyday life. So how can someone thrive in his feet withstanding the environment that he finds himself. The question is, uh, how can you try, how can you successfully live a Christian life? Am I right? Y- yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Good question. So I'm going to answer this question by, I'll first of all, I want to uh, differentiate between righteousness and holiness. I believe it's going to help aid our understanding. Uh, at times, you know, we, we, we use the word interchangeably, whereas they're different. Righteousness and holiness. So I'm going to use this. So this illustration is this. Uh, when man, when you give your life to Christ, 
you become born again and you become a child of God at that point you become righteous God declares you righteous what is righteous righteousness means a state of right standing with God now righteousness is a gift you didn't work for it it is Jesus that paid for our righteousness as a matter of it is the righteousness of Christ so when God looked at you looks at you as a Christian he's not seeing you he's seeing the righteousness of Jesus and that's why I tell Christians that look you don't grow in righteousness because righteousness is a state and it's a gift it's a gift that God bestowed on you as salvation oh this man has murdered committed murder before he has committed adultery he has done this then he becomes a child of God he repented and has said then God said I declare you righteous his gift so in that way if a child of God I cannot be more righteous than you are and you can also be more righteous than because it's a gift of God but when it comes to holiness holiness requires eternal responsibility you can grow in holiness you can uh, in so, somebody can be holier than thou. So, to hear the understanding, I would liken righteousness to be like a, a white robe. So, when you give your life to Christ, God puts on you a white robe. That robe is that gift which is which stands for righteousness. So when God sees you, he sees you as what? White. That white covers your past deeds. He's not seeing you in the righteousness of Christ. Now, maintaining that white robe is what we call holiness. Which is now your responsibility. Which is now a function of how you are growing so now this is how god expects us to live our life as christians now to answer your question god expects you now before i proceed on that you know when you are wear, if anytime you are wearing white there is a consciousness on you right that you don't want to sit anywhere am i right When you want to sit, you want to be ensured that oh, the place is clean. Why? Because you don't want to, to get stained. Because you are wearing white. But if you are not wearing white, maybe you are wearing a, a black jeans, or you are wearing a pair of shoes that is uh, green, whatever. You don't you don't really care. You are not as conscious as if you are wearing white pants. So now, how God expects us to live our life? Let's assume that you are putting on a white attire and you need to pass through a, a market. You know, there's a market whereby this side of the, by the left hand, 
you have people selling palm oil. By the right, you have people selling palm oil. And it's just a narrow at between the two rows. And if you are wearing how are you going to work in that kind of you will just will you just work anyhow? Very, very careful. Am I speaking? Probably if you are wearing a bada, you have to wrap the other one yourself. Then you want to take your time. Now let's assume that you now realize that there's no way you pass through that path without being stained. What do you think you are going to do? You will, you will come back. You will not proceed. If you realize that there's no way I will pass through this place and my clothes will not be stained, what are you going to do? You will turn back. Why are you turning? Because you don't want to get stained. That is how God wants us to live our life as Christians. That there's a consciousness. Though I can't do this, I'm a child of God. Oh, I can't do this, I'm a child of God. I can't go through this. I can't do this. So, if you are not a child of God, if you are not born again, you are not conscious. You are not careful. You live a careless life. Anything goes. Bribe goes. Uh, corruption goes. Fornication. Adultery. Uh, whatever. Anything goes. Because you are born again. There's nothing that is checking on you. But when you become born again, there is a consciousness that you have that's no, I can't do this. I'm a child of God. Are you getting So let's assume that your wife gets stained as a child of God because you're not perfect. So if your wife gets stained, God expects you to come back to him so that I can cleanse white. We, we do that through confession. Oh God, I miss it. I'm so sorry, Lord. But let's assume your white best day today. So it doesn't matter. Don't give a damn. So it gets stage. You don't give a damn. Next tomorrow, the matter of time, what happened to that white? It become what? First, it, it won't become white any longer. So when you don't give a damn, that's when you are not conscious of your holiness. So holiness is maintaining that white. Holiness is being conscious that no, I can't do this. That's a state of a sense of, of your of. So it's your holiness level that determines. So so as for Christians, it doesn't matter. It's a form of their holiness level. So, because Jesus said we are in the world, but not of the world. So Christians, we are in the world, but not of the world. God expects us to be the light. The Bible says, let your light shine. Let your light so shine that they may see your good work and not glorify your Heavenly Father. So Christians, children of God, we are children of the kingdom. We, our slogan can be, if you cannot beat them, you join them. We are expected to stand out. We are expected to be the light of the world. So we are to shine in a dark world. All these things I've said requires grace. 
So it's when you are connected to God, when you build your relationship with God, it's in the place of the secret place, in the place of spending time with God. That's where we build strength. That's where we build spiritual virtue. That's where we build capacity to be able to live a Christian life, a triumphant Christian life. Because we are all facing temptation. Temptation abounds. Temptation is invitation to sin. So if you are going to resist temptation or say no to temptation, it's a function of the capacity you have built as a result of your relationship with God. So if you have your relationship with God is solid, you spend time with God, prayer, you study His Word, read anointed books, you meditate the Word of God. You live a fasted life, we subdue the flesh, enhance the spirit, then it's easier for you to say no to sin. Easier for you to maintain your holiness walk. Because temptation will surely come. And when temptation comes, through the time whether you are going to stand is capacity, spiritual capacity you have. You know, at a point, Jesus to Peter, 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 Satan is there to save you. He said, but I've prayed for you. Said, so that your faith will not fail. So when you are restored, strengthen your bread. Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Uh, it's more difficult now to live a Christian life. And it's a pity that uh, a lot of Christians have compromised. So we have a lot of Short goers that claim to be Christians. No, the Bible called them having the form of godliness, but denying the power there. You have Christian nowadays that say, when it comes to some say, no, leave this is not church, leave, leave Christianity now, this is money. You know, you have some atrocity what people do, and it's not far fetched because Jesus said, on that day, people will say, in your name, we will start demons. Here they say, you will go to tell them, I know you not. Depart from me. Ye workers of iniquity. Depart from me. I love what the Bible says in 2 Second Timothy 2.19. He said, God's foundation standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone that is named by the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Love that scriptures. One of my heading scriptures said, God's foundation standeth sure, can't be compromised. And He has one seal. What does that say? The Lord knows those who are His. Then He said, Let everyone that is named by the name of the Lord do what? from iniquity. So my father and the Lord, father and the faith, Bishop David Ripple said, this deliberate departure from sin that defines your destiny. It requires what? Deliberate departure from sin. That's what defines the destiny of Joseph. Remember the story of Joseph? Joseph had a dream and God was building, you know, God was leading him from one face of his life. Towards me of his destiny. 
and died he found himself in, in, in Potiphar's house. And the Bible says Jesus was good looking and Mrs. Potiphar cast her eyes on him and start pestering him, lie with me, lie with me. Then Joseph said, how, how will I do this great wickedness and sin against God? You know, it's an opportunity. You are a slave. And the madam of the house said, just lie with me. That means you will get a lot of benefits, a lot of favor. But Joseph said, no. Nobody is greater than you in this house. Than me in this house, to you. Then he said, How will I disgrace? He called it great wickedness and sin against God. So Joseph said, I would rather go to jail than commit fornication and adultery with you. So that is, he deliberately departed. The woman wanted to grab. Then he, he, he fled and left his garment with her. Like what the Bible said, that we should flee every appearance of evil. The Bible says, flee fornication. Every other sin a man commits outside the body. But we commit fornication. So Joseph, because of the fear of God, said, No, I can't do that. How will I face God? So he departed from. And the good thing is this. Though Joseph went to the prison, but from the prison, found himself in the palace. I used to say to people, if Joseph had slept with that woman, he would have still gone to the prison. But the difference would be that he wouldn't have come out of that prison into the palace. But because he chose to deliberately depart from iniquity, went to the prison from the prison to the palace so i my understanding is this the devil set wanted to set joseph up. the devil has seen glorious destiny the glorious future of joseph he has seen where god is taking him to and the devil knew that the only way to stop him is to allow him to commit iniquity so it's a trap so the devil tried to use Mrs. Potiphar as a trap so that his destiny can be mortgaged. But thank God for Joseph. A man that fears God, that had relationship with God, and was able to overcome that temptation. And from there, from the prison, the Bible says throughout Joseph's stay in Potiphar's and in prison, he did not lack the favor of God. The Bible said God was with him and he bestowed favor on him. I like that kind of life. And that's one of the reasons why I, I don't want to trade my relationship with God with anything. And we thank God for his grace. So anybody that cherishes his relationship with God. We, we, we hold it jealous. Somebody said something, and I like it so much. The fear of God, no, the love of God will draw you to God. But the fear of God will keep you 
in God. What draws you to God is the love of God. But what keeps you there, what sustains you there, is the fear of God. And what is the fear of God? Having respect, mingle with fear for God. Having regard for God. Having a consciousness of, ah, how will God feel? If I do this, how will God feel? How will God feel? So it's living a life of as conscious of God and his stand, the stand, stand of God. So you can't trick the back because you know God stands because to bribe. And you have God for it. Say, no, I can't do that. I'm a child of God. You have you, you have opportunity to commit adultery or to commit fornication. Nobody is there. But you already know the stand of God concerning adultery of fornication or fraud. Then you say no. Because you have regard for God, then you refrain from doing it. That's what we call the fear of God. That's what the fear of God. And that is that's where life safety of the believers. Having the fear of God. That's what saved Joseph. Say, how I do this great wickedness and sin against Joseph. Oh, I have regard for God. God is against this kind of life. And that's what we need to do as Christians. But it's a pity we have lost it. If we don't have regard for God any longer, we don't fear God any longer. People steal from God. <laughs> People feel they can bribe God. People do manner of things. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, sir. Thank you so much, sir, for being on the show. But before before I let you go, I have one last question. I don't know if you will still permit me to ask. Please go ahead. I'm going to give you an example. And probably from this example, I'm going to ask. Um, so something happened to me a while ago in this same podcast that I do. So at some point, I was while I started, things were going crazy. I was getting guests from like from other continents. I was starting a series at all, and at some point, everything just stopped. I started wondering, what is this? I was it was hard for me to get guests for full months. I was looking for guests. I was looking for topics. I was looking for this. Everything was very very hard. And I started praying, started fasting, and I was wondering, ah, God, open this door, let, let me ask people and let them answer stuff like that. And these things kept on happening and happening. See, one day, God opened my eyes to Proverbs 63. And Proverbs 63 says, commit all your ways into, commit your ways into God's hands, and you have success. And immediately, I saw that verse, I just started laughing. I, I started laughing because it was so funny that that was the solution. I just knew that was due to all the, to everything that happened. Like wow, I was I was so confident that that was the solution. And the next thing that happened was I I immediately I went to commit my. Way. I said, God, you have said it in your word that you should commit your with. I want I'm going to commit with my plan. This is what I want to do. And I want you to help me. 
and just like that since then till now it has been like it has been it has not stopped for us i'm talking about six months ago till now i'm the one that i'm saying i want to get to beg for interview before i'm the one saying you know i have too many i have almost 10, 15 pending you know we'll probably till next month and stuff and i found out that this one that varsity thing was principle and all I needed to do was to find that principle and follow it. Um, it, is, it will take someone that has done podcasting to understand how hard it is to get this. And before you know it, it became so easy. I think the week I found it, under a month, I was able to record, I think, 11, 15 episodes. From not having an episode for two months to having close to 11, 15. And I found that it just, it just somehow, it was just natural. And since then, till today, no matter how difficult it is, immediately I committed. I am sure, and it never for once failed me. I've, I'm, I'm about 22 now, and I've not for once said, ah, thing, you know, it has always worked and stuff like that. So I wanted to ask you for the benefit of, I'm sharing this for the benefit of the guest, and I also wanted you for you to share one with us for the benefit of the guest. What, what principle? in the Bible that you know from experience that has worked for you and how you applied it? Well, good question. Uh, that, uh, uh, okay, number one, I really thank God for your testimony. You know, the Word of God works. The Bible works. What happens to you is what we call Rema. You know, God sending you a particular scripture addresses your situation you know that's like a rema so uh i will narrate an experience i have so many i've had several encounters with the word of god uh that opened doors for me that uh, you know brought favor for my life that uh, you know at a crossroads that stumbled on the word of god like a rema that came and wow just just got opened so i'm going to narrate this experience i had uh when i was in the university you know i told you i i i gave my life to christ uh so after my polytechnic education that's two years i studied electrical electronics i went for one year uh, industrial attachment another industrial attachment uh, I made up my mind that I don't want to pursue HND. I wanted to do uh, direct entry. So I applied for direct entry. And uh, I had another encounter. What was the encounter? I had planned to attend Obafemi uh, Awolowo University, OAU. That was my dream school. Uh, number one, I like it when it's a great fair, you know, and everybody believes OAU is a great school. So that was the dream school. That was the school I wanted to go attend. So when I got the form, that was the direct entry form, I just filled in of Miawolo University. Before time, I had an uncle that told me that I should go and study 
computer science with economics. That's what he asked me. To, he canceled me to study at OE. So because of the cancer of my uncle and the fact that I love OE, so that was what of my mind as going to go to OE. My uncle just said, we've had engineer in our family. Somebody is doing uh, uh, a Greek. You go study computer science with economics. It's good cause. Whereas it's not the plan of God for my life. So now to cut it short, I feel OAU as my choice. And I think maybe uh, second as uh, I think University of UI. But the Spirit of God helps no stopping me. That no, that's not the, my plan for you. You know where God want me to go? Lagos State University. Now, for two reasons, I don't want to go to Lagos University. Number one is State University. I believe it's expensive. And that is it's expensive compared to OA. Then a Lagos is a state university. Then secondly, I was living with my uncle at that time. All my uncle's children, they all attended last Lagos University. Because I was living with so if I if I opted for last it will create an impression that I want my uncle to sponsor my education. So I, I didn't like that. I don't feel that impression. So for those two reasons, I was struggling with God. Until I have to suck to the will of God. I remember I TPEX OAU and I put Lagos University. That landed me in trouble with my uncle because my uncle felt, oh, you want me to sponsor you with my flight, what you already have. And uh, he sent me packing out of his house. It's a long story. But I give God glory. Now, what I wanted to, where I'm now is that, so I gained admission to Lagos State University. I was on campus, things were tough. Were tough. It, it happened that time that my parents were going through some stuff at home. So I know what is happening at home. Things were tough. Life on campus was so tough for me. So that was a particular day, I cannot forget this experience. That's a particular day. Uh, I was living off campus. I was not living on the campus. So I live off campus. Usually we came from campus, from campus to the campus. I remember that day we had a fellowship. Before the fellowship, we had the with I was in evangelism unit. We went on evangelism. From there, I was also in prayer band. Prayer band met before the you know fellowship. Now we had fellowship. So after the fellowship, that day I was hungry. I was tired. But there was no one there on me. I tried to hang around some bread and maybe you know, food be come up. Nobody think they too they too they, <laughs> they, they have their own challenge. So if I have money on me, the fe- the for me I will not have entered the cafeteria, heat before proceed. So now because there was no money, I could not even afford to take a bag. That would take me to my house off campus. So I was trekking home all alone. 
and the, the journey was going to be like a like now it was late in the Naran it's about so on this road to my house off camp was a deserted road prior to that time prior to that time i think i was in 300 level no i was 400 level first semester second semester we will go for six months industrial attachment prior to that time i started looking for where to you know to do industrial attachment i remember i went to some places in apapa i tried some places in vi Koyi, went to catch you know i went everywhere Coco. each time i go out always i was always turned down and when i come out to the campus you know i see some uh these uh jai jai boys you know giving tell child they have secured a placement in shell and this and that so that day the uh the fathers have not secured a placement attachment the fathers i was broke i was hungry and i was walking on that deserted road all those things just weighed on me you know i started calling i started grumbling i started asking god i started crying god is your faith why are you treating me like this why is my own like this why is things difficult like this oh what you know i started complaining i started asking god questions i started blaming i started oh my was angry was furious but you know what happened suddenly my heart just smote me it was as if God said, Stop it. Why are you complaining? Why are you grumbling? You know, I had a sharp rebuke. It came sharp rebuke. And when my heart smote me, I started thinking God for mercy. God, please forgive me. Have mercy on me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I received that chastisement. I started asking God. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for complaining. I'm sorry for groaning. I'm so sorry. Please have mercy. God have mercy. On that road, all alone. Then I started praising God. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, you are good. You are kind. You are wonderful. You are this. You are this. You are so good. I started, I don't know, I started praising him. I started praying. Then all of a sudden, the atmosphere just changed. There is this joy that flooded my heart. I could feel God's presence all around me. I could feel, you know, when the Bible says joy that passes all on hand, I could experience the atmosphere change. All my body, all my everything just left. I was just full of joy. I was jumping, I was leaping on that road then all of a sudden i heard the voice of god it wasn't a unhoppable voice per se but i know Paul spoke to me through john chapter 14 verse 1 and 3 i can't forget that experience john 14 1 3 said let not your heart be troubled 
believe God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If we are not so, I will have to you. I go to prepare a place for you. So that where I am, you also be there. You know what hits me? What hits me was let not your heart be troubled. Because I was troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. And the climax of it was when I was said, I go to prepare a place for you. It was a rema. It shatters all my doubt, all my apprehension, my as started leaping. It was as if started praising God. I got to that day, I can't remember. The tiredness, the everything disappeared. I can't remember when I go home. Maybe I was able to get from my flatmate, or I can't remember. But it was an encounter for me. You know what happened? The following day, during my quiet time, worshiping God, during my quiet time, we had to go to do my high tea. Just drop my heart. Bam. It was just like a like a word of knowledge, like a drop. And it just gave a knowing. I was like, oh, 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 how come I didn't think of this place all the way? It would be a long story if I had to tell you what led to that. Oh, let me just brief, brief you. So what happened was, uh, when I was on a level, I had to be president of my, uh, we call it, I studied mechanical engineering at the university at Lagos University. So we have this Mestala students, Mechanical Engineering Student uh, Association. Now, I'm not politically inclined. What happened was that our predecessor, when he wanted to handle the workshops, they were not looking for politicians. So it's something you just pay. What the association does is that they look for one of the best students. Pick one of the best students. Or people will nominate, they will nominate people that they feel can be president. They will bring them. They will not uh like a deep not even a debate. They will throw questions to them. So whoever scored the highest, that's the person that will be the president. So somebody nominated me. I think it was my roommate. I was trying to say, no, 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 I'm not interested. They are going to say, no, go, let me go. At the end of the day, the true question to us, imagine that's how I became the president of that situation. When we came on board, you know, we we're looking for how to make a difference. Remember me, I was on the bus. So we looked how to make a difference. So one of the things that came to our mind was that we realized that people don't usually want to pay their annual due. That's one of the ways we raise money for the association. So we now felt so our school felt okay if we do a package that that package will be like a like a like a folder and that's inside that will be our association uh sticker we'll put a jotter uh i can't remember anything i'm going to put an id card america is part of it so now and we said we're going to put a, a pen pen so we need to we cannot afford to buy the pen, so we now went to OK, OK Pen. 
there's this company in Lassama, maker of okay food those days, okay pen. They used to make this pen, you know, that uh, they write all manner of like Christian inscriptions like that. So I, as a president, I left the campus, went to that uh, organization. I demanded to see the MD. Uh, Actually, I met the MD. I told him, I'm from last week, this and this and this. We want to see if you can do this for us, you know. And the man agreed. And the man said, okay, if you don't mind, we'd like to come and put our kiosk on your campus. Will you do that? I said, no problem. I will discover my HOD. So I discovered my HOD. He said, that's fine. But eventually, give us the pen. They didn't come back to put their kiosk on our campus. So that was where God laid in my heart that you go. Look at what happened. Uh, so the following, when God laid that in my heart, I just left the campus. I went to borrow money. I left the campus. I left everything. Came to Elasa Maja. So when I got to the company, their mode of operation has changed. The gates, they will not even allow me to, to pass the reception. They say I can't go beyond If I do not have an appointment, I can't see the end. I tried to they say no, no appointment, can't see the end. Before I was not moved because I remember the encounter I had where God said, I go before you, prepare a place for you. So what happened? So I didn't move. I, I was not moved. I was just there. I didn't send myself here. God sent me here. You know what happened? Just in the twinkling of a heart, I saw the MD coming from his office. I was coming straight to the gates, to the reception. Immediately got close to the reception. I just waved at him. Recognized me. Then he, 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 he beckoned on me and told the security dude that I said I would be to be afloat. So I believe God moved the man from his office. And he said, his office on the third floor. He left his office, walked down to the gate. I believe for no reason. Because after he saw me, he walked me back to his office, took me to his office to see. And I said, What can I do for you, student? He didn't even he can't remember anything. So I told him that I wanted to do my industrial thing with them. I would like to do my other thing with them. He said, no problem, no problem. He just picked his uh, intracom and called the technical manager. His name is Roy. He said, Roy, see my office. Then the man came to his office. As the man came, he said, see this man, the student, Want to do industrial attachment? I think take him. That was a yes, sir. <laughs> That's how the man, wow. you know, ceremoniously wow. said, Please come, come with me, come with me. He took me to his office. He said, Sit down. He said, Do you want to start now? I said, No, I don't want to start now. <laughs> wow. I said, I have two weeks to spend in the on campus. I, and I told him when I'm going to come back. He, I became a celebrity. That's how God miraculously secured that place for me. Then after we vacated on campus, I came back. I did my industrial for six months. And I was paid handsomely. 
when I returned back to the campus, but I left campus as a poor boy. I went to the campus buoyance with enough money, changed my clothes. Some of the books, the books that changed my life, you know, that father helped my Christian was just that period that I bought them. So it was an encounter for me. Now, the crux of that encounter is this. You know, God said, I go to prepare a place for you. Do you know that I've not recovered from that encounter? Because every now and then, wherever I find myself, I always see the hand of God that God has gone ahead to prepare a place for me. A good example is this. I was serving in Kirby State as a copper. And the, my first company worked. Uh, my cousin, that, uh, the, the last, my last year of campus, my final year of five, I live with a cousin of mine in, in, Lag in Lagos, in Surulere. So that cousin, called one of his former boss his name is victor called one of his former boss victor ebijola victor, victor ebijola calling you know just a casual call like ah sir i just call you to say hello it's been a while i just wanted to greet you but you know what happened that time that my cousin called that his boss the company advertised to employ uh, engineers. And he was doing comparison from people that applied. They advertised on Guidian. So he was, he was the one who was doing the compilation to know people that they would shortlist for interview. He was doing that when my cousin called him. And this man God knew about me because uh, before I went on service, they wanted to have casual uh, staff. So my cousin told me that I should go there if I can work there two, three months for my NYC. Uh, but I actually know I employed those casual staff. So when he was talking, is that engineer Victor just asked him that, oh, what of this your cousin that uh, that one you sent to me that time? Where is he? Then my cousin said, Oh, Femi, that's Femi. He's in Kirby State Service. So the man said, Ah, look, I'm doing compilation of people that wanted to shoot for interview. If you don't mind, are you calling to send a CV to me now so that I can shortlist him and invite him for interview? Who knows? Maybe he will be, he will be employed. That's how my cousin called me. I quickly went to a cyber cafe, sent my CV. And by the time I finished the service, like a, a week after school, came back to Lagos, then we had an interview. Now, wow. what we do is, what we, my cousin called him at that time? God! So that encounter that I had while I was on campus, when God said, Believe in me, let not be trouble. Believe in me, also in God. I go to prepare a place for you. I can go on and go on and come. Happenings in my life that I can relate to 
God going ahead. So we did that interview, but they, they didn't select me. Pick somebody else. But because see, whatever God has said is yours, nothing can take from you. So the guy that uh, they employed when gave him an offer, the offer letter. Look at the money, he said it was small. So he rejected the offer. And when he rejected the offer, SOS, they called. They sent for me. He said, Call that guy. There's no way that's going to accept you. So they called me. I went to the office. They said, Well, we didn't pick you. It was some years we picked, but the man rejected the offer because he said, What we offer? The amount was 50,000 and it was 2005. The amount was 250,000 and rejected it. Will you take it? <laughs> then I remember the Bible that says, Do not despise the days of the little beginning. So I told him, Yes, I will take it. They said, Oh, you mean you will take it? I said, Yes, I will take it. I took it with joy. They said, Okay, sign here. I signed, he gave me the offer letter. I started shouting. They said, This is an office. Of and I was so excited. I started after one week and six months. MCN Nigeria came to buy the And they acquired some staff of that company. I happened to be one of those that was how I came to start with multinational. See God work. God went out, prepared a place for me. How did he do it? Somebody was compiling. God moved my cousin, calling. He called him, Ndama has to find me. One thing then lead to another. I can count and count and count. experience in life. I can point to that entire hard night. God say I took this. What I'm saying is this: God has not stopped preparing this for me. Now, to listeners, imagine you have a an interview and you say I've go, I've gonna prepare a place for you. Can you fade that interview? But you have a defense to defend contract. And God said, I go ahead of you. The cheap battle is a battle that God has won. The, the, the cheapest accomplishment is this world has already finished. You just you just have a walkover. And that has been my own experience. It was an encounter. That encounter, now that encounter has Killed, grumbling, complaining, more in my life. The last time I complained, starting before the lineup, the last time I complained, murmured, grumbled, or blame God was that ever since then I've learned a lesson in all things. Give thanks for all things. Give thanks. So I've learned a lesson that in all things, in church, pastor told us 
pastor told us when you live a lifestyle of thanksgiving it makes life cheap for you life becomes cheap when you choose to separate God you don't have money in your pocket but you ignore it and you focus on celebrate God living a life of thanksgiving a life of gratitude a life of praise a life of God is good God is faithful no matter the situation God is faithful God you are wonderful hallelujah praise God even when things are working God remains faithful then you make things start working for you God bless you Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. Oh, we thank God. I really have like a part two of this session. Thank you so much, sir, for your time. We, we thank God. And thank you for the privilege, too. So, um, for our listeners, we'll be concluding show. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. And have a wonderful day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. Yes, the Lord has increase you yes. and prosper the work of your hands. And I believe that encounter you had, you know, has opened doors for your head. And that's about the word of God. It keeps speaking. It keeps speaking. One encounter with God. That's why, you know, Bishop Edukoli always say, one. One encounter with God is all you need. You don't need too many encounters. Just one encounter with God is enough. And when you have an encounter with God, with the word of God, it keeps speaking. It keeps speaking. It keeps speaking. Because everyone and I pass away, but not one of his work. We go on for faith. So the word of God works. And uh, once you believe the word of God, like I was saying in Luke one forty five. Blessed is she that believeth that there shall be a performance of those things that are spoken to her by the word of the Lord. Once we believe the word of God, God's work works. All we need to do is to us live it, celebrate the work, rejoice the work, value the work, because it's your sense of value that determines your flow of virtue. So when you value God's word, the virtue of that of that what keeps flowing towards you. Once again, God bless you and good night. <laughs>